The Truth News Network. A politician on the campaign trail once said, we choose truth over facts. I don't need to mention any names, Joe Biden. But if you think that statement is reassuring, you're probably not going to like what happens next. Because you're in the home of blunt force truth, of conservative thought, not just talk, of facts that are truth. Welcome to TNN, the Truth News Network. And here's Dan Newman. A lot of facts floating around in the air. They're just waiting up there for someone to reach up and grab them. Why don't you do that today? Yeah, we've got a couple hours that we can grab some of those facts and uh, dispel some of the stuff we've been told are facts, but really aren't. It's not that difficult. It really isn't. All it requires is a mind and the ability to reason. And puzzle through. Take a little extra, oh, I don't know, minute or two to think through something instead of just, oh, Joe said that. Got to be true. Not demeaning Joe in any way, but Joe doesn't live where you live. You don't wear Joe's shoes and he doesn't wear yours. You better get the facts and get them straight as best as you can. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Thursday TNN Live. Do you notice how I say that pronounced the day of the week? I'm from the South. It's Thursday. It's not Thursday. Well, it is Thursday, but I'm from the South. And so, Dad Gummit, it's my show. I'm from the South. It's Thursday. And I'm glad you chose to join us today. And while we're talking like a redneck about redneck things, how about an old song? An old song, but we're going to listen to it, but you're going to have to clap your hands or pat your foot. Are you ready? One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. You got it. Here's Sam and Dave. Now don't you ever be sad. Lean on me when times get bad. When the day comes, I know you die. In a river trouble, in my teeth around. Hold on, I'll come in. Hold on, 
Don't lie to me. Don't sit there and say, I didn't pat my foot listening to Sam and Dave. That's back from the 60s when rock and roll was uh, rock and roll. And if you're of my generation, you probably remember that song. Actually, that came out, I forget the year, but when I was really young, and I'm really old, I'm 70 years old now. Hey, once again, thanks for joining us here today for a Thursday edition of TNN Live. And I hope yesterday, Wednesday, the third day of the new year, was a good one for you. But why don't you do this? Make a plan. Initiate it if you already have it to make today better than yesterday. Bad news coming out just minutes ago. A massive police response showed up at Perry High School in Iowa after reports of an active shooting. This is just brand new. Just as we went live, police confirmed reports of a shooting to multiple media outlets but didn't give any details. There's a live stream up at the school provided by a local outlet, WHO 13 Television, and it shows cop cars from multiple departments at the scene and a reporter on the scene describing seeing multiple ambulances arrive and leave from the area. It's unclear whether the ambulances transported any victims. But let me just say this from experience, when there's a shooting, scene of a shooting, and ambulances pull up and they suddenly move away, it's probably because they're transporting people to the hospital. Now, this is Perry, Iowa. It's located about 25 miles northwest of Des Moines. This is the first day today, Thursday, of the second semester of the school year following the school's winter break. No further details, but we've got it pulled up live here in the studio. And throughout the morning, we'll give you updates as we get them here. Another biggie that happened, and it was just released minutes ago. The United States has carried out a strike, a military strike, targeting an Iraqi militia leader in Baghdad. Now, this is an Iraqi militia leader. What's this all about? Here's what we know. Four members of an Iran-aligned Iraqi militia group. There you go. Another Iran proxy. It includes a high-ranking Iraqi militia commander were killed in a drone this morning in Baghdad. A U.S. official has confirmed that we were responsible, the United States, for the strike, which targeted an Iraqi militia leader in Baghdad. He's believed to be responsible for attacks that have been happening, over a hundred of them now, on our forces in a bunch of different parts of Iraq. The official says this was a precision strike, and it was a strike on a vehicle, not a hit on some whole facility, as other outlets have reported. The strike targeted the leader of the Harakat Hezbollah, al-Nujaba. That's an Iraqi Shiite military group, the U.S. official has said. Here's an official statement. Just came out. The United States is continuing to take action to protect our forces in Iraq and Syria by addressing the threats they face. Harakad Hezbollah al-Nujabi has links to Iraq's popular mobilization force called the PMF. That's a coalition of militias that is nominally under the control of the Iraqi military. It all goes back 
to that marriage between Iran and Iraq. Now, let me explain something. There's two different versions of Muslim religion. The Shiites, and what's the other one? I just went blank. I'll think of it in a minute. But they despise each other. Iran, Iranian Islam, is of one of those splitter groups in Islam, and Iraq's in the other one. This thing over there in the Middle East, it gets so, so conflagrated with so many moving parts and moving people. It's hard to keep up with. An Iraqi military spokesman said in a statement, the Iraqi army holds the international coalition forces responsible for this unprovoked attack on an Iraqi security body operating in accordance with the powers granted to it by the commander-in-chief of the armed forces. Now, they're talking about the commander-in-chief of the Iraqi armed forces. It's not like they have some uh, commander-in-chief god over military operations for the entire earth. In other words, that's what they say. That's not necessarily the truth. The strike comes in the middle of mounting regional tensions fueled by the Israel-Hamas war, fears that it could spill over into surrounding countries, which it already is. It also coincides with the push by Iraqi officials for U.S.-led coalition forces to get out of Dodge, leave Iraq. Tuesday, two days ago, Iraqi forces shot down an armed drone over the Erbil airport in northern Iraq where U.S. and other international forces are stationed. That's according to a news report. U.S. forces in Iraq and Syria now have been attacked at least 115 times since October. The Pentagon does not count attacks on U.S. warships at sea in this number. So it's even worse than that. But hey, listen, we got to keep on focus. We've got to stay on target. We need to look at this as not an oh me, oh me. We, we will not get anything positive out of that. Yeah, it's bad. It really is. Anytime you're in a war, people are going to get killed. People are going to get wounded. We don't like that. But it happens. Just keep tuned and listen And listen for facts. And if you don't trust what you hear, don't take actions on it unless and until you figure it out. Go get some sources to figure it out. If I was you and I just heard Dan Newman tell you the story, what I would do, I would wait and listen for a few more minutes and then I'd go start finding for myself the facts that disprove or prove what we're hearing. And based upon the little bit we heard from that Iraqi military leader spokesman, it ain't what they're saying it is. And that's pretty universal. So just be careful. Be careful. I've got some really tough, nasty information I need to bring to you. No, it's not about Jeffrey Epstein and his list. That's out, by the way, and we'll get into a little bit of it, but not much. And you know why we won't get into it very much? There's not very much to it. Don't want to waste your time. But this story 
was transferred to me late yesterday from a friend, a good friend that's way up in the national medical community, even at the bureaucratic level. And it has to do with COVID-19 mRNA vaccines. And this is out. And this is factual. Now follow with me. This story is coming out of Tallahassee, Florida. December the 6th of 2023, more than a year ago, State Surgeon General Dr. Joseph Ladapo of Florida sent a letter to the United States FDA and the CDC regarding questions pertaining to the safety assessments and the discovery, remember this is a year ago, the discovery of billions of DNA fragments per dose of the Pfizer and the Moderna COVID-19 mRNA vaccines. The Florida Surgeon General outlined his concerns regarding nucleic acid contaminants in the approved Pfizer and Moderna COVID-19, they're both mRNA vaccines, particularly in the presence of lipid nanoparticle complexes. Now, listen closely. you got to follow this. These are things that are all of a sudden showing up in these shots, and they're not supposed to be there. Also included is what's called Simeon Virus 40, SV40. It's a promoter or an enhancer of DNA. Lipid nanoparticles, little bitty particles, are an efficient vehicle to deliver the mRNA in the COVID-19 vaccines into human cells and may therefore be an equally efficient vehicle to deliver contaminant DNA into human cells. Now, here we go. We're talking about our fundamental basic human cells that make us, that's the fundamental block that makes us what we are. The presence of these contaminants, the SV40 promoter enhancer DNA, it may also be a unique unique and heightened risk of DNA integrating into human cells. And this DNA that is going into human cells has been manipulated, manipulated by these contaminants. Way back in 2007, do you know this mess has been going on that long? 2007, back then, the FDA published guidance on regulatory limits for DNA vaccines in the guidance for industry, considerations for plasmid DNA vaccines for infectious disease indications. In this guidance for industry, here's what they did. They outlined, the FDA outlined, the important things we're supposed to know about for vaccines that use novel methods of delivery regarding DNA integration. Let me break it down a little bit. DNA integration could theoretically impact a human's oncogenes. Oncogenes. Those are the genes which can transform a healthy cell into a cancer cell. Did you hear that? 
DNA integration theoretically can impact a human's oncogenes, the genes which can transform a healthy cell into a cancerous cell. DNA integration can result in chromosomal instability. The guidance for industry discusses biodistribution of DNA vaccines and how that integration can affect unintended parts of the body. That Things like blood, heart, brain, liver, kidney, bone marrow, ovaries, testes, lung, draining lymph nodes, spleen, the site of administration of the vaccines, and subcutis at the injection site. That's a pretty broad list of things that can impact our bodies through mRNA and the determinant that are in the Pfizer and Moderna mRNA vaccines. On December 14th, last year, the FDA provided a written response providing no evidence that DNA integration assessments have been conducted to address the risk outlined by the FDA themselves all the way back in 2007. Are you following this? They've known about this process. They've known about it for 16 years. And this is about every type of vaccine. Based on their recognition of the unique risk posed by DNA integration, the efficacy of the COVID-19 mRNA vaccine's lipid nanoparticle delivery system, that's the one we're talking about that's putting this stuff inside our cells, and the presence of DNA fragments in these vaccines. It is critical to human health to assess the risk of that DNA integration contaminant into human DNA. The FDA, they haven't given us one shred of evidence that these risks have even been assessed or that they will ensure safety. So here's what the Florida State Surgeon General, Dr. Joseph Ladapo, released in a statement. Listen closely. Quote, the FDA's response does not provide data or evidence that the DNA integration assessments they recommended themselves have been performed. Instead, they pointed to genotoxicity studies, which are inadequate assessments for DNA integration risk. The two don't even have anything to do with each other. In addition, they obfuscated the difference between the SV40 promoter enhancer and SV40 proteins, two elements that are distinct, very identifiable. DNA integration poses a unique and elevated risk to human health and to the integrity of the human genome, including the risk that DNA integrated into sperm or eggs could be passed on to offspring of mRNA COVID-19 vaccine recipients. If the risk of DNA integration haven't been assessed for this mRNA COVID-19 vaccine and 
this integration into cells of contaminants. These vaccines are not appropriate for use in humans. And the FDA knew all of this before the first COVID vaccine was injected into anybody's arm. Providers that are concerned about patient health risk associated with COVID-19 should prioritize patient access to non-mRNA COVID-19 vaccines and treatment. This is the Surgeon General from Florida. He said, it's my hope that in regard to COVID-19, the FDA will one day seriously consider its regulatory responsibility to protect human health, including the integrity of the human genome. This is nuts. This is nuts. The FDA, the CDC, when we start naming all the names of the doctors, the experts, the people that have been all over our television screens for months and months and months and telling us how stupid we are when we can understand some basic science. Look, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a medical doctor. But when the Surgeon General, Dr. Joseph Ladapo, Surgeon General of Florida makes these statements and I can understand them? Why the heck has the FDA looked the other way? And they lied about doing the testing to verify all of this would not be there. Everything in it is okay. How can we say that? We tested them out the wazoo. However, remember this? I griped on the air. We had Dr. Judy Mikovits on here twice. She is one of the people that first found all of this and discovered all of this back in 2000, uh, let's say about 2018, 19. It's been that long ago. Yeah, I guess so. And she came on this show live. This was the first place she came way back then. And she told us this kind of crap is probably full of this SV40 proteins. And the FDA has no idea what's in them and what what is in them is going to do to people that receive these shots. Oh, and the other lie, I need to remind you of this. Everybody's saying, oh, those COVID-19 vaccines are fully approved by the FDA. They have been. No, they have not been. They are not fully approved. They are designated approved for emergency basis only. They released that information, but nobody picked up on it. We may never know the seriousness of what our government has done to millions, tens of millions, worldwide billions. When you add us, the United States and all the other countries that we wholesaled the mRNA vaccines to, we have no idea what's going on. Now, don't you dare. I am not a conspiracy theorist about any of this. But don't you dare say that I am. I'm asking questions. I've been asking questions. We've had the foremost medical experts on this show over 
and over and over again. And to a person, the top 10 people in this whole process that have been on this show have warned us about this stuff. How many times did Dr. Fleming, Dr. Mikovits, the former president of Baylor Medical Center and over all of the Baylor hospitals, they kicked him out of Baylor for questioning this exact thing. He was on this show and he said, we don't know what's in them. Why would they continue not just to give them to people, but to market them to people? I'm asking you the question, and I bet you can answer it. It's all about the money. And I hate to say what I'm going to say now, but I'm going to go ahead and say it because I feel confident. And this confirms to me this morning, it's got to be somewhat reliant on this next reason for this. Bill Gates is up to his eyeballs in all of this, everything to do with vaccines, not just COVID-19. His foundation's been kicked out of four countries overseas, testing vaccines on innocent people. And in many cases, those vaccines have killed many people. And when those have happened, the Gates Foundation got kicked out of India. They got kicked out of um, Australia. They got kicked out of New Zealand for this very thing. And by the way, Bill Gates is a population control freak. Not just him, his father was. And they feel like it is incumbent upon anybody and everybody that can help control population explosion on the planet. Anything necessary to stop population growth like it is. And by the way, eugenics, eugenicists always, that's what these people are called, eugenicists. And this process of population control by manipulating medicine It's called eugenics. It's got a name. And they are the ones that want to determine who's worthy and who's not. You probably didn't want to hear that this morning. I didn't say it. It's a Surgeon General of Florida, General Dr. Joseph Ladapo. And he carried this all the way back 2007, the FDA knew this was out there. Let that soak in. Home internet, what a pain in the Hey, neighbor! Try T-Mobile, it sets up so fast. It's like Wi-Fi that runs on 5G. Home internet from T-Mobile? Wait till you see. Tell me more, tell me more. One cord's all that you need. I can't believe it, it's just 50 bucks Why pay more? Paying more sucks T-Mobile Home Internet seems too good to be true But uh, that's what T-Mobile can do 
pick your champions. They're glorious. And their shields, oh, they glisten like uh, wet otters. But the bad guys, they're Lovecraftian. They're spooky. They're um, um, big. And then you go to battle. And it's like... And finally, your foe is vanquished, and that satisfaction is such a primal feeling. Ooh. Download Raid Shadow Legends. Play for free. If you want a smart truck, you want an F-150 with available Pro Trailer Backup Assist. If you want a strong truck, you want an F-150 with a high-strength, military-grade aluminum alloy body. If you want a capable truck, you want an F-150 with up to 13,200 pounds of available towing. So to recap... You want the smart, the strong, the capable Ford F-150. In the clown car of the deep state, you will never find a greater den of scum and villainy. You need a hero. Here again, blaster in hand, is Dan Newman. Let me say this. The obvious thing is everybody you know and love needs to know about the story I just gave to you that I got from the Florida Surgeon General yesterday. They need to hear it. They need to know it, especially if they're contemplating COVID-19 vaccines or even if they've already received the vaccination. These are questions they need to ask their physician about and specifically about the details I gave you. How can you get them? Very simply, when this show goes off live, 15, 20 minutes later, it will be uploaded to all of the podcasting hosting sites. And I purposely did the story at the top of the show so you can download that that uh, that file, the show, TNN Live. You can tag it. Copy the link to it and email or text it to everybody you love and tell them, hey, listen to the first story, the one about mRNA. It's important. They don't have to listen to the whole show. Of course, we want them to, but I want to make sure everybody is educated that things have been grossly misrepresented. It's now scientifically proven, and it's also proven the federal government has been up to its eyeballs from the very beginning of this as far back as 2007. And they've hidden it from the American people while they forced us. Many of us were forced because of our jobs if we wouldn't get COVID-19 vaccinated. They kicked people out of the U.S. military because they refused to do so. They told us up front, if you've got a religious excuse, fill out the form and your employer will give you an excuse. That's what they said. That did not happen. Hardly any of those excuses were ever accepted and given those people an option to not work or not get vaccinated and still be able to work. It always smelled funny to me from the very beginning. Dr. Anthony Fauci, never met the man, can't say I ever can see into anybody's mind, but from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's the Bible, that's not Dan. And when you look at everything Fauci told us through those two years, 
two and a half years. And whenever he gets a microphone or television camera now, which he doesn't do because he made his bazillions of dollars and he retired with all that money. He's nowhere to be seen. But everything he told us we should do, at some point later, he told us we shouldn't do. And everything he told us we shouldn't do, at some point later, he told us we should do. Double-faced. Follow the money. If you do that every time when you have a real important question mark about something, you could almost always go back to the money. That's where the seed is. Let's move on. We have a lot of ground to cover today. From here till November, and even after that, we're going to have constant information being put out in public uh, purview about problems, issues regarding anybody that's running from office from the White House on down. You know why? People aren't perfect. People make choices, and sometimes people's choices aren't good choices. And most of the time, the people that commit those things, especially if they're in the public eye, they don't want to talk about them, so they don't. And then, of course, when something comes up, it's like, "Uh oh, you tried to hide this from me. You're that kind of person. I don't know if I trust you enough to serve me in that office you're running for. Here's the first one that I've seen on Nikki Haley, former South Carolina governor, United Nations ambassador, Nikki Haley, back in 2015. She said something she probably wished she didn't say. In July of 2015, a month after then GOP presidential candidate Donald Trump announced he was going to run with a speech centered on stemming illegal immigration. Haley joined a panel with the Aspen Institute, moderated by then-CEO Walter Isaacson. Isaacson, in his final question, asked Nikki Haley, quote, as a family of immigrants from India, how does that inform your thinking on the immigration debate? And what do you feel about the tone of the immigration debate as it has recently turned? The U.N. ambassador at that time, former governor, in response said that while Americans are rightfully frustrated with illegal immigration at the United States-Mexico border, she urged the audience not to use language like criminals to describe illegal aliens because they're not. Now, you and I know that's not true, but I'm going to read what she said verbatim. Quote, so I think that what we have to remember and what I've always believed is that we're a country of laws. That is what's made us strong. So it's incredibly frustrating for a lot of people when they see the illegal immigrants being able to come across. It really is astonishing that after all these years, D.C. can't figure out how to build a wall. It really is after uh, it really is after all of what they spend. Having said that, we're a country of immigrants. I'm the proud daughter of Indian parents who reminded us every day how blessed we are to live in this country. They resent when people come here illegally. And 
here's the salient part of this thing. She said, but let's keep in mind these people who are wanting to come here. They're wanting to come for a better life, too. They have kids, too. They have a heart, too. So we don't need to be disrespectful. We don't need to talk about them as criminals. They're not. They're families. They want a better life, and they're desperate to get here. What we need to do, she said, is make sure we have a set of laws that we follow, and we go through with that. I think that some things have been said that are unfortunate and wrong, but I think we also need to remember, especially for all of us, tone and communication matters and people matter. We don't ever need to talk about this in a cold-hearted way. Be kinder than necessary. So that little diatribe, it contrasts against her recent statements, wherein she has vowed a catch-and-deport policy where the federal government is barred from releasing illegal aliens into the U.S. interior. She said, this time, what we need to do is when you catch them, you deport them back from where they came. That was Haley speaking at Breitbart News Washington Bureau Chief Matt Boyle in an interview last year. You can't allow them in this country. My parents always said, if someone doesn't follow the law to come into this country, they won't follow the law when they get into this country. We have got to stop the bleeding, she said. So what you just heard in two minutes there is an example of the politicization of every issue in life and how inconsistent politicians almost in mass become talking about the most important issues of the day to the American people across the board. If you're a regular here, you've heard me say over and over again, and I won't beat you up with it other than to say, if you break the law, the definition of that is creating and performing criminal acts. That's what everybody that steps across that southern border without having written permission from the teacher is committing a criminal act by definition. And it doesn't matter what Nikki Haley says or anybody else about it. It's a criminal act. And if she should happen to become a U.S. president this year or four years from now or whenever, or if and when she takes an oath of office in our government in any other position and she swears an oath to uphold the Constitution, if she follows through with what she said two years ago, She's breaking the law herself every time. We're not through with Nikki Haley today. There's more. When she was governor of South Carolina, she was sued by a resident of the state for backing former President Obama's refugee settlement program. Now, through the years, she's held differing opinions regarding the federal government's refugee resettlement program In that program, thousands are resettled across the U.S. every year, many arriving from some of the most dangerous parts in the world. Example, three days after the November 13, 2015 terrorist attacks in Paris, 
when seven Islamic terrorists killed 130 people, including one terrorist who reportedly posed as a Syrian refugee to get into the country. Haley was one of only nine Republican governors who continued supporting Obama's plan to resettle Syrian refugees across the U.S. Then, as pressure mounted, late on November 16, 2015, Haley came out against Obama's resettling Syrians in South Carolina. She made it clear, though, that she only opposed the resettlement of Syrian refugees in her state and continued to back the Obama administration's resettling refugees in the state from other countries. While I agree that the U.S. should try to assist individuals in such dire situations, it's precisely because of the situation in Syria that makes their admission into the U.S. a potential threat to our national security. For that reason, I ask that you honor my request and not resettle any Syrian refugees in South Carolina. About three months later, South Carolina resident Walter Bryan Bilbro sued Haley, as well as other state officials and agencies, to halt the resettlement of refugees in their state. I'm not a part of any right-wing groups. I'm not involved with the NRA, just a normal taxpaying citizen who is concerned for the safety of my family. Bill Bros said that in an interview. Among his allegations against Haley, he accused her administration of failing to keep records on refugees resettled in South Carolina, claimed the state's refugee plan was unconstitutional. Does that sound a little bit familiar? Where the heck are the 8 million immigrants, and we shouldn't even, by definition in the Constitution, refer to them anything but as an illegal alien? They're not immigrants. Immigrants are people that go through an immigration process. Under this president, under this operation of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, none of this is about immigration. It's about a few people at the top of the U.S. government opening up the borders to fill our nation with lifelong committed Democrats. And those lifelong committed Democrats that we paid for everything, oh, don't think they won't sign in blood that they're going to vote for Democrats that run at the state, local, and federal level in every election that comes up. Well, they can't vote. Don't think for a second that you know, they don't. The far left doesn't already have a plan in place to give them the right to vote. The law is simple. You can't come here illegally. And if you get caught doing it, you're going to be returned immediately to the country from which you came. That's the law. It's very plain. Well, those laws are unfair. These people want to make a better life for themselves and their families, and they're afraid where they live. Well, what you do is you go to the closest port of entry. You go to a consulate there, a U.S. consulate, and you fill out an application to come here legally, get to the border, have an appointment to have an asylum hearing. In that hearing, if you really are convinced and that you can convince 
the immigration judge that's listening to your case that you need asylum, and the law even breaks down what qualifies to be asylum. They'll give you safety. They'll put you in the legal process. Every Democrat, every Democrat, I don't know of one Democrat member of the U.S. House of Representatives or the U.S. Senate today that will say wholeheartedly, I believe every illegal needs to be, according to federal law, immediately returned to their country, no questions asked. And they, if they want to come here, must come through the immigration process. Now, am I feeling that way? Does that make me heartless? No, it doesn't make me heartless. Anybody that feels that way, there are reasons for having laws. 400,000 felony criminal acts committed against Texan residents in a two-year period by illegal aliens. What do you have to say to those 400,000 people? People were murdered. People were raped. Houses were broken into. All kind, Every kind of criminal act you can imagine. 400,000 of them. Joe Biden care? Nope. If he cared, he'd do something about it. Well, I can't. I'm tired of hearing Corinne Jean-Pierre get up on that podium and say Republicans just won't. They won't work with us. They won't give us what we need to close the southern border. Duh. Open your eyes. Follow the law. That's all they have to do, and it'll fix the whole problem. But they're not interested in following the law. It's only a little bitty part of their oaths of office, including this president, including this vice president. They took the same oath of office. And they trample on it every day. Well, Republican, wait, we can't, what can we do? Republicans won't do anything. Republicans have made it very clear. HR2, I've read it. Have you? They are demanding they will do more things that you want them to do when you start abiding by the existing immigration laws. We're not going to fund illegal activity. Period. And if my good friend, House Speaker Mike Johnson, if he strays away from that, I can't do anything, but I can vote. But in this case with him, I can give him an earful. I have his permission to do so. And I would anybody else that wants to play this game. Because you know who's going to pay the price? Well, already 400000 Texans have, how many people must die? How many more people must die before members of the Democrat Party in the House and the Senate will say, enough's enough. We are going to enforce the existing laws, and if and when our people that we represent tell us to and want us to, We're going to work to change the laws. But if and when we try and do our best to change them, and the consensus in the House and the Senate is that, no, they want the existing laws to be held in place, I took an oath to support the Constitution. 
I may not like supporting it and enforcing these immigration laws, but that's what the Constitution says, and that's what I said I'd promised I would do when I took my oath of office. Unless and until they each say that, I can tell you, we won't get anything fixed. One step further, every one of them should draw a proverbial red line in the sand and say that, tell their people that. I'm going to support the rule of law, and if you don't want to, let me know. I'm out of here. They're not going to do that, Dan. You're darn right they're not. That's what it's all about. It's not about law. It's not about doing the right thing. It's about doing what they selfishly want done. And it all goes back to the dollar. Every bit of it goes back to money. How do you know that, Dan? Well, let me just well, tell you. Well, we want to thank whoop, all of you whoop, for whoop, being whoop, here whoop, today. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Sorry about that. It's all about doing the right thing, period. Even things that you don't necessarily like, which are part of your job. Part of their job is, well, they've got to represent the people that elected them. It's not about what you think, Mr. House member, Mr. Senator. It's about what the people that elected you and sent you to D.C. to represent them. And if you don't want to do that, my recommendation is... Get another job. And then when you get that job, do it. He'll never let you fall to the lies. Your bulwark against the tide of fake news. Dan Newman, TNN, the Truth News Network. So you guys grew up together? Yes, yeah, since third grade. What are you looking at? I'm not looking at it. We're not good I enough don't. for you. You look for something else? No, I, just, I don't know. What are you, big supermodels? Oh, oh, yeah. Who's us? Supermodels? Oh, what are you model gloves? What are you doing? A girl's totally into me. Brad, eat a Snickers. Why? Because you get a little angry when you're hungry. Better? Better. So, ladies. So, losers. Stacy, relax. I'm sorry. You're not you when you're hungry. Snickers satisfies. You do your thing, and you do it well. Now, it's time to do it bigger. It's time for Shopify. Shopify makes it easy to set up your online store, expand into new sales channels, and bring your brand into the real world. Get everything you need to launch your business today with Shopify. show we told you there was a school shooting it was actually underway at the very beginning of this show perry high school in iowa latest is sadly we got a report at least one person is dead others are injured and it's an ongoing thing it'll probably be a while before we get all the details 
There appears to be at least two people injured on scene as well. That's from one sheriff deputy talking to ABC News. They tell us, though, the scene is now secured. And again, that's all the information we have. One person confirmed dead and others injured. In the initial report, there were several ambulances reported coming to the school and leaving. That typically indicates they're transporting somebody to an emergency room. Never a good thing, especially during the holiday season. Well, I got interrupted just a minute ago. I was talking about uh, our congressman from the 4th Congressional District here, Mike Johnson, who is Speaker of the House. He and a bunch of his fellow Republicans went to the border yesterday. Biggest contingency of members of the House of Representatives that have gone to the southern border. And after they actually went and examined, I mean, they really looked into it, the state that it's in, what's going on, and they actually saw some of these activities while they were there. Here's Mike Johnson right after they finished this get-together. Well, we want to thank all of you for being here today. Uh, I want to thank all of my colleagues for joining me here in the epicenter of the, uh, of the crisis that we're having on the border here in Eagle Pass, Texas. It's been quite a day. I'll tell you a little bit about uh, what we've learned here today. Uh, but I first want to tell you that we have uh, a great cross-section of the, of the House. We have 64 House Republicans that have joined us here in Eagle Pass. They represent 26 states, one U.S. territory. You have everybody from, uh, from, from California to Maryland, from Michigan to, to Florida. We, we represent over half the U.S. states because every state in America is now a border state. And we've seen that on vivid display today. Today we were able to meet with local residents, with sheriffs, with the Texas DPS. We also toured the CBP processing facility here in Eagle Pass, and it's been an eye-opener. One thing is absolutely clear. America is at a breaking point with record levels of illegal immigration. And today we got a first-hand look at the damage and the chaos the border catastrophe is causing in all of our communities. The situation here and across the country is truly unconscionable. We would describe it as both heartbreaking and infuriating. Our communities are overrun. We have local resources that are being strapped. We have lethal drugs that are pouring into our country at record levels. And it's in less than three years that President Biden took office that this has happened. That we have over 7 million illegal encounters at the border, nearly 2 million known gotaways, and that doesn't count the many that are undetected, at 312 suspects on the terrorist watch list that have been apprehended. We have no idea how many terrorists have come into the country and set up terrorism cells across the nation. Last month alone, we saw the most illegal crossings in recorded history. It is an unmitigated disaster, a catastrophe. And what's more tragic is that it's a disaster of the president's own design. Uh, about an hour ago, we uh, had lunch, and, and there are a number of sheriffs that uh, work and serve here along the border of Texas. The sheriff of Terrell County was one of them. He was a former Border Patrol agent for 26 years, and he said in his estimation it took less than six months for the Biden administration to dismantle 100 years of progress that the U.S. Border Patrol had achieved. Some of the first actions that Joe Biden took when he uh, rolled into the Oval Office were that he rolled back border security measures. They were put in place by the Trump administration. We all saw it happen. Remember, it was on his very first day in office that President Biden stopped construction of the southern border wall, and he ended 
the Remain in Mexico policy. It was estimated on our tour just a moment ago that if the Biden administration would reinstate just the Remain in Mexico policy, it could stem the flow by probably 70 percent or more. But he refuses to do it. And since the time that President Biden took office, the administration has done next to nothing to protect the border. But we've all seen with our own eyes they have opened the border wide to the entire world. It's estimated that nearly 170 countries have people coming in and flowing across this border. And some of these are from nations uh, that, that uh, have high numbers of concentration. And these are, these are not uh, people who are fleeing and looking for asylum that are in fear for their lives in their home countries. Uh, we have hardened criminals coming across that border. They're the ones being released from prisons from some of these countries and sent here to come into the U.S. Rather than incentivizing people to come, the president needs to deter people from entering the country. Rather than discussing amnesty with Mexico, as top uh, Biden administration officials did within the last couple of weeks, this administration should reinstate the remaining Mexico policy, as was said. Rather than expanding parole authority to an unprecedented scale, the president should obviously end catch and release and stop the abuse of our parole and asylum systems. The president can and should act now. This doesn't require legislation. It requires leadership. And, and despite the White House's claim, he has all the authority he needs right now under existing federal law to stop this madness. But the message his policies have sent is the opposite of that. It's quite clear. Under President Biden, America has laid out a welcome mat to illegal immigrants, smugglers, and cartels. He is responsible for the grave threat to our national security and our, and our nation's sovereignty that these policies have created. But instead of taking responsibility and providing leadership, this administration has done nothing but attack elected officials who are trying to fix this catastrophe. The people standing behind you have worked hard. We passed our legislation more than seven months ago. You have red and blue states all across this country that are being forced to step up because the federal government has failed to do its job. Right here in Texas, Governor Abbott has heroically done more to enforce the law than the president has. And how has this administration responded? They have sued the state of Texas to stop their deterrence efforts. They have brought them to court to, to strike down their ability to put up uh, buoys in the water and, and razor wire and the rest. It's absolute insanity. The House has done its job. As I mentioned, we delivered uh, common sense legislation that will secure our border. But it's been sitting on Chuck Schumer's desk for seven months. House Resolution 2 was our, was our, our bill, and the time to act on it is yesterday certainly needs to happen. With each passing day, each record broken, this administration's dereliction of duty comes more, becomes more and more dangerous and more and more infuriating, and we are here to say that it must stop. What we saw today only made House Republicans more resolved to stand for sanity and the American people, and we will do it. If President Biden wants a supplemental spending bill focused on national security, it better begin by defending America's national security. So that's Speaker it begins Mike right Johnson here on our southern border. at our southern border yesterday with 62 other members of the Republican Party in the U.S. House of Representatives. Right after that happened, and uh, we didn't we didn't load it in here. He took some questions from the media. Most in the GOP have yet to grasp that activists report us today are political adversaries. You and I know that. We see and hear it, and we talk about it all the time. So while the media has, for the most part, ignored this largest influx of illegal 
ever recorded taking place in December. Went over 300,000 for the first time. One of those reporters was more interested in driving a wedge within the Republican caucus in the House. This reporter screamed out, can we see a show of hands who will vote to shut down the government? The so-called journalist asked. Representative Pat Fallon, a Republican from Texas, replied to the reporter, no, we're not going to do a show of hands. We're not in a classroom. We're not doing a show of hands. The context behind the question that many media outlets ignored is that a gang of five Republican lawmakers got to the border ahead of Johnson's delegation and understanding the gravity of the crisis declared that they would shut down the government if the Biden White House did not shut down the border. The ongoing human invasion from across the world It's nothing more than a political ploy to change the face of our nation. Millions of third world refugees who don't share our values and who have no allegiance to our country and no plans to get in line and be part of this nation. All they want to do is get here. And most of them, if not all of them, have their own private agendas. Well, here's the deal on the shutdown, Johnson said. We're working hard to get the appropriations bills done and the resolve of this group, 60-plus, that you've seen with our votes in carrying over and crushing the Christmas omnibus fever as we did with our laddered approach in the two-step continuing resolution. We have until mid-January. You have until early February to get the approach bills done. Johnson spoke of the ongoing negotiations in the Senate tying the border security to aid packages for Ukraine and Israel to say they're striving to reach an agreement. That's nothing more than a ploy. Chuck Schumer, he's an empty suit, folks. He is the most idiotic leader, majority leader, I've ever seen operate in the U.S. Senate. And I was born in 1953. I've seen a bunch of them. He's horrible. Johnson said, negotiations are still ongoing. It's dragging on way too long. The sooner we get that agreement, the sooner we'll be able to get the appropriations bill done. And let me tell you what our top two priorities are right now. In summary, one, we want to get the border closed and secured first. Two, and we want to make sure that we reduce non-defense discretionary spending. Johnson then shifted his focus to the now $34 trillion of national debt. One of those members of the Gang of Five, Florida Representative Matt Gates, he shared a video along with the message, I'm currently in Eagle Pass, Texas, witnessing the intentional destruction of our southern border by the Biden administration. And he showed a video. He said, this was sent to me by a Texas official. It shows how illegal aliens are being encouraged to invade our country while the fencing put up by Texas is cut open by the Border Patrol. Under the corrupt orders of Secretary Mayorkas and Joe Biden, we will never see our border protected. But if this border is not shut down, then we must shut down the government. Now listen. I consider myself an average American. I'm talking to you now, not as a media person, but as one of you. 
I'm an American citizen. Born in Texas, grew up in Louisiana, have lived out of Louisiana on two occasions. One one-year stint in Springfield, Missouri, one two-year stint in Indianapolis, Indiana for my employee purposes. The rest of the time I'm in Louisiana, we're not on the border, but we see a bunch of the craziness coming north from the border. Shreveport, Louisiana is at the intersection of Interstate 20 and Interstate 49. 20 goes east and west all the way to both oceans, all the way across the United States, and it runs right through Shreveport. North and south, I-49 connects us from the border, Louisiana border, all the way up into the upper Midwest. We see a lot because that is a key trends, um, uh, a geolocation for people to move from South Texas, moving to other parts of the nation. It's real. It's happening. I spent 10 days. You remember when I did, did this show live for a week and a half, live from Africa in Zimbabwe? On that trip, I was in two African countries, Zambia and Zimbabwe. I met a lot of people. I learned so many different things. One that I learned that everybody else on planet Earth talks about. Nobody in the U.S. wants to talk about it, and it's China. Part of the reason I was over there was meeting with a group working on how to push back the flood that has perpetrated over the entire continent of Africa by Xi Jinping and his fellow communists in red China. You know, they have been doing something for years to infiltrate and take over control of the whole continent of Africa. Here's what they do. They take men, Chinese men, that are in prison in China, and they kick them out of China. Well, they really don't kick them out. They send them across Africa to different African nations. They are never allowed to go back to China. And they're instructed, you'll get a stipend from the Chinese government for a period of time as long as you're here and as long as you marry someone that's a native African. Now, what's that all about? Let me me explain that. I'm not even going to, I asked the question. I'm going to explain it. Six years ago, I was over there. I was doing professional work involved dealing with the Chinese elders, not the Communist Party, but the Chinese elders. And we got down to negotiating a contract. And we had spent several months talking on the phone, discussing different parts of this contract, who was going to be responsible for this and who was going to be responsible for that. And I get over there. And I'm anxious. We have our first meeting. We've already agreed to terms and all that kind of stuff. And I made this, asked this question in a meeting. And there were three of these old, hardcore, traditional Chinese elders sitting across the table from me. And I said, when can we get a contract done? And they just looked at each other and looked at me and two of them got up and walked away. Five minutes later, the third one got up and walked away. The people that I was there with, I had our lawyer there. They had lawyers there. 
they, they didn't know what was going on, and it just was over. And so I was frantic. I mean, I wanted to know. I'm one of those, give me the information, the facts, and give them to me now. I didn't find out what was going on until the afternoon of the next day. I got a call from the lobby of the hotel I was staying in. Mr. Newman, a Chinese gentleman's here to speak to you. Can you come down and meet with him? I said, sure. I came downstairs, and it wasn't one of the elders. It was one of the lawyers. And we went into a place where we could drink a cup of coffee in the lobby of the hotel there. And he said, Mr. Newman, here's, here's what happened. You insulted the Chinese elders yesterday when you started talking about a contract. And I said, what do you mean? And he, he laughed and he snickered and he said, you're American and we're Chinese. He said, let me, let me just cut to the chase. Americans think about history in centuries, like two. <laughs> the Chinese think about tens of centuries. And everything Americans do is based upon the tenure of their existence in American history, which means our history goes back to 1600s, maybe. Very little we know about it then. The Chinese are talking about things that happened at year zero. And he said, that puts the context in place for you to understand why they were offended. All the negotiations we all did together, he said, when they came forward and agreed to all the stuff that you wanted and you agreed to the stuff they wanted, that is a Chinese contract. And if anybody doesn't accept that, it's an insult. Well, a schmoozer than I am, I worked on it for several days and we got it resolved, but I, I ate a bunch of crow to get it that way. My point is perspective. Perspective is not necessarily the same for everybody about the same issues. The Chinese, especially people like Xi Jinping, they don't think in decade terms. They think about generational terms. That's what they're thinking. They're wanting to populate with Mexicans? No. With people from the Middle East? No. They want to populate Africa with Chinese. And it doesn't matter if they are criminals from China. They want to get Chinese roots, generational roots, across the continent of Africa. Why is that? Underground in Africa. By the way, it's the largest continent by far on Earth. There are more natural resources than on any other continent on the globe. You name an element, they've got it. You know, you you drive a car, truck, whatever, with a catalytic converter. Every catalytic converter on Earth has rhodium in it. Rhodium. Rhodium's a metal. I never heard of it, but it's in your catalytic convic- uh, catalytic converter. And guess where that rhodium comes from? Every catalytic converter on Earth, Africa. We could go on and on and on. Gold, precious metals, metals, diamonds, all over the place. Natural gas, oil, it's everywhere. China wants them. 
this situation we're facing at our southern border. And by the way, thousands of Chinese, all of a sudden, they told us, this is a shock. The last couple of months, we've had double Chinese coming in, double the records that we have seen from the beginning. You know why? Xi Jinping. He's now planning on infiltrating not just the United States, but all of North America for a purpose. And it has to do not anything about us. It has to do about taking control of the planet. Now, this is not the first time in history it's happened. You know that. Every generation has something like this that happens. But it's never been in our faces like it is today. It just never has. And our leaders in Washington, they either don't get it or they get it and they don't care. Whichever it is, folks, we're doomed as a nation until we, the people, take back the control of what is ours. And it's not a couple of thousand bureaucrats in Washington, D.C. that have that authority And I don't think they have that ability to do it. Now, I'll probably get popped by somebody that's listening to the show today or somebody sends this show off to somebody else. I got a call yesterday from the Blaze Network, from a reporter there about something that was on the air, wanting to get details. And I asked her, I said, is this on the record or off the record? And she said, it's on the record. And I said, well, I'm not going to reply then. Well, why? I mean, a typical, and they're a conservative network. Our own Steve Baker is a reporter, an investigative journalist on staff at the Blaze Network. They're looking for specific things that they can prop up and report without giving us, as Paul Harvey used to say, they don't want to give us the rest of the story. That's where we live today, folks. I'm sorry. Get cracking and feel unbeatable with new omelet bites from Dunkin'. Bacon and cheddar or egg white and veggie. Made with cage-free eggs and packed with protein. Take on the day with new omelet bites from Dunkin'. America runs on Dunkin'. At Akio, we've been making the best in mobile phones for over 20 years. How did we get there? By putting ringtones in every commercial that make you think your phone is ringing. Whether you have a new phone, an old phone, or just leave it on vibrate, we make sure you always hear your phone in our commercials. It's our way of saying, we hear you. So don't be silenced when opportunity calls pick it up. It's for you. Akio Mobile. You're driven all night. Everyone has one. The guy that's fun to be around, but he's dangerous to be around. You've got to keep him away from your things, like your tools, your gadgets, and your girlfriend. So before you get your juvenile mate around, get your lips around a dare iced coffee. The real Arabica and Robusta coffee kick will tell you what to do. Hire a jumping castle. Hours of fun for kids of all ages. A dare iced coffee fix will fix it. Starbucks Via Instant is made with the same 100% Arabica beans served at Starbucks. So it's the only instant with the rich, delicious taste of the Starbucks coffees you love and takes only seconds to make. 
Starbucks Via Instant, the only instant coffee of its kind. Available in black flavored lattes and iced coffee. Okay, what's the biggest number you can think of? A trillion, billion, zillion. That's pretty big. How about you? Ten. Okay. How about you? Infinity. Can you top that? Infinity and one. Actually, we are looking for infinity plus infinity. Sorry. What about infinity times infinity? Oh. It's not complicated. Bigger is better. And AT&T has the nation's largest 4G network. Getting tired of only spin while looking for just the news? No spin, just truth. Read and hear it every day on TNN, the Truth News Network. Truthnewsnet.org. Are you like me? I'm dead tired of waiting for Congress to get anything done. Well, what do you mean, Dan? What do you want to get done? Whatever it is, it takes forever to get anything done. And it is because there are so many processes that have been put in place for how to go about this process. Well, what process? Whatever it is. They have rules that they've made of their own that make no sense whatsoever to average Americans like me. But nevertheless, they're going to stick with it. For instance, the southern border thing. Out in the real world where you and I live, if you work for a company and you have a boss, maybe owns the company, and policies are in place that whoever owns the company put in place, if workers, employees there, if they don't abide by them, what happens? They may get called to the big guy's office, and he corrects them. And if it continues on from that point, what happens next? They're fired. It's simple. One would think that government would be run the same way. And here's a little caveat I just popped into my head. We don't have people in government in total. We have a few, but not at the highest positions in government that know how a business, a big business, a big company, how it runs and how to handle all of the little bitty things that make things not work like not enforcing the law. That's why we're in the mess that we're in. Donald Trump, he so unbelievably successfully got the economics of the United States turned around almost as quickly as Joe Biden tore it up. It took Biden less than two months to undo most of, if not all of the illegal immigration problems that Donald Trump got in place. But politics is different. We're told this, just a couple of days, the House Homeland Security Committee is going to start impeachment proceedings against Alejandro Mayorkas. The first hearing probably Monday or Tuesday. Our investigation made clear that this crisis finds its foundation in Secretary Mayorkas's decision-making and refusal to enforce the laws passed by Congress, and that his failure to fulfill his oath of office demands accountability. That's from the Homeland Security Chairman Mark Green. The bipartisan House vote in November to refer articles of impeachment to my committee only served to highlight the importance of 
our taking up the impeachment process, which is what we'll begin doing next Wednesday. Now, Mayorkas, he's been a top target of Republicans since day one. When it first began, it didn't take a brain surgeon to look at the numbers and say, whoa, 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 this ain't working. And this certainly isn't the way that the boss's laws say we're supposed to run this thing. The bosses, in this case, would be you and I through our mediators, the ones that we elected to go to Washington and represent us and what we think should be included in the laws and every one of the laws be enforced. 302,000. 302,000. Those are the ones we know about that came across the border last month illegally. Yet, Republicans have accused their own leadership of slow-walking efforts to impeach Mayorkas. I'm proud to have led the charge to impeach Secretary Mayorkas for months in the House of Representatives. This is Marjorie Taylor Greene. She's a junior representative. She's a firebrand. She speaks her mind. She's from Georgia, Southern girl. She continued before the House left Washington for Christmas break, I forced to vote on my impeachment resolution that put every member on the record. Unfortunately, some Republicans, and then she listed the ones that say they're in support and the ones that are not. Border security is certain to be number one issue. If it's not number one, it's going to be number two on Capitol Hill. The announcement from Green came as those 60-plus Republicans assembled on the southern border yesterday. On the Senate side, negotiations continued working towards a compromise that pairs tens of billions in foreign aid with the border security package. Chuck Schumer and the Democrats say, nope, nope. They want to tie everything to other stuff. We need to have clean deals, clean deals laws, regulations, anything we're going to consider making official through a vote, we need to have those be butt-naked so that everybody can see every one of them, every detail, and they don't throw in some other stuff before they pass it. That's got to stop. Mike Johnson, when he ran for House Speaker, and by the way, on this show numerous times, I had this very conversation. Many of you listened in. We talked about regular order in the House. What is regular order? There's a process that the members of the Senate put in place to operate consideration of legislation in the Senate. Members of the House of Representatives, 535 of them, they've done the same thing. They put a process together. Every one of those processes starts with and in regular order. A piece of possible legislation comes to the desk of the Speaker of the House or the Majority Leader in the Senate. That person has the responsibility to make a quick determination if that is going to be considered in that particular year of operating in the Senate or the House. If they say, yep, we need to check this out, he sends it out to the appropriate committees for their consideration. They each go through their process of breaking it apart, calling witnesses, getting evidence, having hearings, 
maybe coming up with a piece of negotiations, and then there would be sometimes even amendments to that piece of agreed-to legislation. If they then vote in that Senate, uh, in that House committee, they vote to move it forward, it goes back to either the House Speaker or the Majority Leader in the Senate. Then he determines if and when it should go before the whole chamber to be considered to vote it into law. Once it's voted, it goes to the president if it's approved with all of its amendments, but everybody knows everything that's in it way before they even have the vote. That's regular order. If we don't get back there, we'll never get anything done. Democrats hate it. And I'm not giving Republicans a free pass either because a bunch of them are masters at sticking at the last minute pieces of stuff in there that have nothing to do with what this is titled and supposedly supposed to do for the American people. So the House Republicans have insisted on pairing any aid to go to Ukraine and or Israel with a truly substantive border security package. And this has led Senate Republican foreign policy hawks that include many who have historically given little more than lip service to the need to secure the border. It's given a call to them for meaningful changes in border policy. Dynamics there have encouraged border hawks who rightly see the fervent desire to keep funding the war in Ukraine of the internationalist wing of the party as the best leverage in years to come up with some meaningful policy reform. Yet, absent a breakthrough in negotiations, which is not expected soon, if ever, the kickoff in Committee of the Mayorkas impeachment proceedings will be the first significant action of the new year on this topic. The committee may hold an additional hearing the next week, week after next. However, the House will want to act fast as Republican leadership is also planning to hold hearings to impeach Joe Biden with the goal of bringing that vote to the floor as soon as February. Meanwhile, guess what's going on? Mayorkas, every morning, he runs down to the border and he opens up the gate and he's perfected the Walmart greeter lingo. Welcome to the United States. Come on in. He's been doing it for years, even before he was Homeland Security Secretary. He was in that process, and he's not going to stop. And I guarantee you, he's already cut a deal with leaders in the White House, leaders in the House, I'm talking about Democrats now, and Democrat leaders in the Senate. They've got his back. He's doing exactly what they wanted to be done all along. talking about what are the biggest, greatest, most foreboding issues the American people face today, House Homeland Security Committee Chairman Mark Green, he labeled, you're not going to believe this, Department of Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas, the greatest domestic threat to the United States. He said this during that visit yesterday to the southern border. Greatest, he's leading this impeachment proceeding. While Mayorkas has been overseeing DHS federal authorities at the southern border, 
have seen illegal immigrants hit record levels. The great domestic threat to the national security and the safety of us all is Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. 300,000 plus in in December. 300,000. How in the heck are we going to process 300,000 if we can find those 300,000? which based upon the plan that Mayorkas has put together, I can tell you right now, we can't find them. Here's what's going to happen. If, say, somebody like Donald Trump gets elected and Joe Biden's kicked to the curb, and that's still, that's a possibility, but it's still not for sure. But let's just suppose that's what happens. Donald Trump, you never wonder what he's going to do. He makes it very obvious. He tells everybody who listens, and even those who don't listen. If I'm reelected, here's what I'm going to do. And he made it very clear. He got in trouble for calling it. When he was asked about people who think he wants to be a dictator, he laughed and then he said, oh, I'll be a dictator for one day. And of course, media went crazy. Yes, he admitted it. He wants to be a dictator. No, he wanted to be a dictator for one way, one day to do one thing. And that is to close the Southern border. He's a businessman. Businessmen and their businesses can't function if they run them or try to run them like people in Congress on both sides of the the aisle, both in the House and the Senate and in the White House. You can't be successful at trying to skirt every issue and refine it behind closed doors with nobody knowing what's going on. Oh, you can do that, but you will not long-term be successful. DHS believes Congress is an impediment to border security. It's their fault. They want more people coming over, and they want more money to do that. Therefore, we get this threat of a looming government shutdown. One agency spokesman talked about that yesterday. A bipartisan group of senators now are negotiating terms of an agreement to fund both border security and Ukraine military aid, but they have yet to reach a consensus. You know, seven months ago, seven months ago, Mike Johnson and other Republicans in the House put together past H.R. 2, a piece of legislation that does this exact thing seven months ago. We would be seven months down the road further from where we are now, opening the gates at the southern border and allowing 300,000 people to come over illegally in one month. Wow. One former CIA analyst And this guy was in the intelligence community at very high levels for a number of years. Yesterday, he made a um, a pretty gruff, pretty startling, and sad forecast of what's going to happen regarding anything in our government before this November's election. Listen to what he has to say. Former CIA analyst warns how the politicization of the intelligence community could be a problem again in 2024. Watch this. 
I suspect that there will be a reemergence of leaks. Some of the formers will again be, be talking publicly. The, the, the former, many of the formers, uh, uh, you know, people you know, you know, Brennan and Clapper and uh, Mike Hayden and so on have, have generated some, some real credibility problems. And I think we'll have a hard time being credible in, the, in 2024. My guess is that the, the proverbial deep state within the intelligence community will reemerge uh, because presumably, uh, presumably a Republican candidate will again be seen as a threat to the the the, the, the internal policies that, um, that uh, many intelligence people like. It sounds like Back to the Future, doesn't it? Back to the Future. You know what's interesting? We think. Why would these Democrats keep doing this again and again and again? There's only one reason why. Why are they doing it in the first place? Because they want to achieve their goals and objectives. And so those goals and objectives, they don't have anything to do with the rule of law or the Constitution. It has to do solely with their imagination about what they want our government to be run as. Forget about that worn-out old document that says this is the way we're supposed to operate in the United States of America. That was for back then. It's not applicable anymore. It doesn't work anymore. So we're going to just do it on the run. And while we're running to do it, whatever it is, we're the ones, the endowed ones, the left, the Democratic Party, that's what they call themselves, but nothing about their party is Democratic. That's why you'll always hear their party referred to as the Democrat Party. The commonality there is they all live, breathe, and eat the same kind of drivel. And it's not democracy, and it's not democratic. They want to tell everybody that and make it those people think and believe that, but it is not Democracy. Democracy means you follow the laws, all the laws. In a representative republic, that means you elect a group of people to represent you, you being citizens at the state, local, and federal level. They're going to represent you and vote the way you want them to do. That's long gone. Case in point. The federal government has sole authority over immigration, period. Well, then you have a whole passel of people that are part of the federal government, and they're just thumbing their noses at the rule of law, all the immigration laws that are being just splattered all over the place. They don't even count anymore, and they don't care. They do not care what the outcome is going to be because they're willing to force us, the American people, to pay the price, whatever the price is, how much, and what's included. They're expecting us to just benignly sit here and say, okay, we'll send you more money. We'll let you do it. Meanwhile, they're tearing our nation apart. Literally, we have no idea who's in here other than we know about 8 million people that weren't here before the 2020 election, 8 million, 8 million. And those are the ones we have record of. We don't have a clue who numbers among those 8 million, but we do know, and they tell us 
Alejandro Mayorkas when he's finally confronted and forced to give a number? Do you know, Mr. Homeland Security Secretary, that we have over 200 known terrorists, that number among the people that came across our border illegally? Do you know that? And he was finally forced in a hearing to say, yes, he did. How's that okay? How is that okay? So, if you're a governor of one of these border states, what do you do? What can you do? Greg Abbott, governor of Texas, he's always in the epicenter of conversations about this. Federal government expect all the governors along the border just to do nothing. Of course, then what they tell them, open the borders, they're telling their border patrol people, open those borders, they have control of immigration, so they open the borders. All these people come in, and then the White House doesn't do anything. All oh, they have these little programs put together. They bought off some big-time NGOs, not-for-profits that have massive billion-dollar contracts that we're paying for, for them to so-called help and assist all of these illegals that are coming across doing the right thing. And Mayorkas and Biden... And Kamala Harris, our border jaw, czar, they just sit around and clap their hands. Yeah, everything's working out. All these people down there that we're giving these billions to, they're going to do the right thing. And every few days we find out there's another 1,000, there's another 3,000, there's another now 100,000 unaccompanied kids that have been documented coming across the border They were supposed to be turned over to these NGOs. They're supposed to place them. These NGOs get billions of dollars to facilitate that process. And Mayorkas, when asked about how many of those children are taken care of and where are they, he was pushed to the wall and has been twice since. They don't know. 100,000 kids. How can a nation function and be successful operating this way? Answer is simple, and nobody can credibly disagree with what I'm going to tell you. It can't be done. It can't be done. Nobody has control of any of this. It's just a free-for-all. Texas is trying. They've been working. They decided to spend their own taxpayers' money and stop this illegal immigration. Every act they've done, putting up those floating things to keep them from crossing the Rio Grande River. They got sued. Joe Biden sued them. You can't do that. And now... (laughs) They passed a law in Texas that gave Texas law enforcement officers the right to arrest illegals, prosecute them, and put them in jail. Doesn't that make sense? I mean, coming across the border, the southern border, coming into their country, forget about them coming into their state and their counties, but coming into their country... That's a federal law violation. Federal government's in control of all things to do with immigration. Federal government should take care of it. Federal government won't take care of it. So what are you going to do? You've got people down at the southern border that are getting killed. 
I told you about the 400,000 criminal acts over a two-year period perpetrated by illegals against Texans. That's okay with Joe Biden. He lives in Delaware. Abbott is the one that started shipping these immigrants to places, so-called places where all these immigrants can go. They're immigrant-friendly. So Abbott said, New York City is one of those cities. Let's bus them up there. Let's bus them to Chicago, Denver, New York. I mean, all over. And what are these governors doing? They're crying. They're getting stuck in the same situation that Texas has been for years. And Texas hadn't got any help. And they're not getting these sanctuary cities leaders. They're not getting reimbursed for all that money they're having to spend, nor did Texas. Texas, you're not going to arrest criminals where we're going to. We passed a law. The people that represent the Texas citizens, they passed the law that gave those authorities the legal right to arrest and imprison, prosecute them, put them in the justice system, and prosecute them, the state justice system. So now we find out Biden's suing Texas. Why? They're going to stop Texas from arresting migrants who flout U.S. immigration law to enter the state illegally. The DOJ is making good on a threat it made to sue Texas over enforcing SB4, a brand new law signed in December that would permit local and state authorities to arrest and prosecute individuals suspected of entering the U.S. illegally. Texas illegal immigration has surged to record levels under the Biden administration. Texas seeing a massive influx of migrants arriving at its border with Mexico every day. Every day. The Constitution assigns the federal government sole authority to regulate immigration and manage our international borders. They're not doing that. Pursuant to this authority, Congress has established a comprehensive framework governing the entry of non-citizens into the U.S. and the removal of non-citizens from the country. The DOJ stated that in a press release announcing their lawsuit, thumping their their chest. We're suing Texas. (laughs) Because SB4 is preempted by federal law and violates the U.S. Constitution, The Justice Department seeks a declaration that SB4 is invalid and an order preliminarily and permanently enjoining the state from enforcing their law. In 2023 alone, Biden administration caught and released into the interior more than 824,000 illegal immigrants at the southern border. That's enough to fill more than 17 Yankee stadiums. Also, federal law enforcement personnel intercepted more than a quarter of a million pounds of drugs, approximately 22,000 pounds of fentanyl alone. Biden has repeatedly refused to enforce federal immigration laws already on the books and do his job to secure the border. That's Texas Governor Greg Abbott. In his absence, the governor said, Texas has the constitutional authority to secure our border through historic laws like SB4. Texas will take this fight all the way to the Supreme Court if necessary to protect Texans 
from President Biden's dangerous open border policies. As of September 2023, an estimated 3.8 million migrants had entered the U.S. since Joe Biden took office. Numbers closer to 7 to 8 million. That includes several million more gotaways, people that were recognized as coming across through electronic surveillance operations, but they couldn't be found later. Those people are in here too somewhere. We have no idea where they are. Texas cannot disregard the U.S. Constitution and settled Supreme Court precedent. That's what Principal Deputy Assistant Attorney General Brian Boynton, head of the DOJ Civil Division, said of the lawsuit, we have brought this action to ensure that Texas adheres to the framework adopted by Congress and the Constitution for regulation of immigration. That first sentence from this, I started to say a curse word. I'm glad I didn't. This assistant, wait a minute. He's not an assistant. He's a deputy assistant. Wait a minute. He's not that either. Principal Deputy Assistant Attorney General Brian Boynton, he said this, Texas cannot disregard the U.S. Constitution and settled Supreme Court precedent. Well, guess what, Mr. Principal Deputy Assistant Attorney General Brian Boynton? Joe Biden won't do it. So what are they supposed to do in Texas? Sit there and twiddle their thumbs and watch their sons and daughters being raped and murdered? Houses being broken into? 100,000 Americans died each of the last two years from fentanyl poisoning that came across the southern border, much of it through Texas. Just going to sit there and do nothing? Well, you know what? Yeah, I think that's what we're going to do. And if you try to stop us or intervene to protect your people, we don't care about that. You can't do it because we have the exclusive right. Na-na-na-boo-boo. Real truth, real news. TNN, the Truth News Network. We got you something. It's a deep, deep dish pepperoni and bacon pizza, and we gift-wrapped it with over three and a half feet of bacon. You've been working so hard. We love you. Get a Little Caesars large bacon-wrapped deep, deep dish pizza for just 12 bucks. Try our convenient app and pizza portal pickup. Pizza, pizza. <clears throat> Off to gang and showtime. Uh, do you know this guy? I'm not going to cry, am I? Only if you don't believe in the power of friendship. Really? You guys are good. <laughs> movies, right when you want them. Watch unlimited movies instantly for only nine bucks a month from Netflix. That's so cute, it's stupid. Budweiser presents the world's first star in your own radio commercial. Okay, guys, whenever you hear this sound, insert your name. Hi there. Your name. Sorry I'm late. Sometimes there just aren't enough hours in the day to be a neurosurgeon and a swimwear model. Oh, am I thirsty. How about it? Your name. Got anything tall and cool? Oh, Budweiser long necks, though. Your name. You are so thoughtful. But of course, Bud's the first choice for every occasion. Ah, you know I have a confession to make. If I ever had a son, 
I'd want to name him. Your name. Oh. Your name. Come here. Now. Your name. Your name. Your name. Well, you did very well in your first commercial. Have a bud. You've earned it. This bud's for Your name. Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. An update for you on that Perry, Iowa. Perry, Iowa high school shooting that took place this morning. The latest we have is the shooter. The shooter at Perry High School is dead from an apparent self-inflicted gunshot wound. And this is confirmed by multiple senior law enforcement officials. Three others were injured. That includes two students and an administrator. (laughs) We'll keep you posted. Ah, We're almost done, but it looks like you can't ever say it's not too bad when somebody dies. These are horrible things that happen. You just can't figure out why. Even if you figure out why, you don't really know what's going on. And there's always something going on behind the scenes. People don't just run out and go start shooting. There's got to be something. Hey, I was looking through some of my old, um, not old, but more recent conversations, interviews, statements that were made about some of this stuff that we're dealing here and the differences between Republicans and not just Republicans, but the different types of Republicans. And I hate to break down and put people in categories, but sometimes you have to just so everybody can understand the differences. Democrats, there's like three different wings of the Democrat Party, two at least of the Republican Party, and trying to figure out the differences there. I ran across a speech by Tulsi Gabbard. You remember her, Tulsi Gabbard? Uh, She ran for president. She is an ex-military officer, and um, she was a Democrat. She served four terms in the House of Representatives as a Democrat from Hawaii, and she decided then not to run again, and uh, she decided to run for the president. Of course, she lost, and um, she didn't quit her life of uh, public stuff, political stuff. She's been a spokesperson. I like bunch of the stuff she says. She left the Democrat Party, though. She's an independent. Constitution Day, she gave a speech, and she talked about the differences between this Democrat Party and this Republican Party. It's only about two or three minutes long, but you need to hear this. Tulsi Gabbard. My first year in Congress was 2013. And around the time of Constitution Day, I got an email saying, hey, you're invited to come to the House floor to be a part of reading the Constitution into the congressional record. I thought, this is awesome. What a great tradition so that year after year, we're reminded of that oath that we took and what it actually means. So I went down and participated in it. I didn't see very many of my Democrat colleagues there. And so later on, I went and talked to them and I asked them, like, hey, this was really cool. I was stoked to be a part of this. Did you not get the email? 
The answer I got was quite condescending. They said, Tulsi, we know you're new here. You don't really quite get how this place works. We don't participate in that because that's a right-wing Republican thing. I was not only shocked, but, but pretty disheartened and saddened by that response. But now as we look at their actions year after year and escalating, especially over these last few years, what they said is actually born fruit. They don't care about the Constitution. They don't care about the vision that our founders had for this country. They are so blinded by their hunger, this insatiable hunger for power, that they are putting their selfish interests above everything else. And they are launching this all-out assault on our God-given rights and freedoms. That is one of the best explanations of the differences between members of the Democrat Party, this Democrat Party, and this Republican Party. Here's the problem, folks. The rule of law, the U.S. Constitution, they walked away from those long, long ago. Yeah, they'll they'll talk about in public how they think if Donald Trump gets elected, he wants to be a dictator. He's an authoritarian. He's going to destroy our democracy. You heard what they told Tulsi her first year to be a member of the House of Representatives. You can't read the Constitution. We don't do that. That's a right-wing Republican thing. If you listen to what people say and pair that up with what they do, you can pretty much all the time come up with a real genuine idea of the reality of who they are and what they think. I'm going to end this today, but I want to tell you this one thing. Former President Trump, he vowed to stop Joe Biden's destructive border policies on day one if he's reelected. In a fiery op-ed published in the Des Moines Register in Iowa yesterday, Trump revealed his plan to shift, quote, massive proportions of law enforcement to put an end to what he called an immigration invasion. The most urgent task facing the next president is to end Joe Biden's nation-wrecking nightmare on our southern border. I'm the only candidate who will stop this invasion and can do it, and I will do it in day one. When he was accused of admitting that he would love to be a dictator, he clarified it and said, yeah, I'd like to be a dictator for one day. And what I'd do in that one day is reinstall the rule of law and close our southern border. I kind of think there are another couple of candidates that could maybe get that done, but I doubt if they could get that done like he will. The wrap on the show there, folks. That's the day. We'll see you tomorrow morning to finish the week together, 9 to 11 a.m. tomorrow at TNN Live. See you then.
Yeah. 